0: You know, I'm not a Christian ultimately for my life to become more comfortable, or even because it makes sense intellectually, or because it's the best way to live, but actually following Jesus means taking up my cross, and that will sometimes be hard and painful and difficult, but will ultimately be glorious.
1: Hello, this is the Keswick Convention podcast. I'm your host, James Carey, and my guest this time is a psychologist and director of counselling at All Souls Counselling Service, Dr. Joanna Jackson welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'd like to start just by asking you to say a bit bit more about what you do with the All Souls counselling service. What what does that look like for you?
0: All Souls have a counselling service, a a counselling team of people who serve the church family um, and affiliated congregations. And my role um, on the ministry team is to head up that service, to look after the the team, the the people who are part of it, and to offer biblical counselling to individuals mainly.
1: Great. Okay. Do you want to just give us a quick definition of what uh, biblical counselling is as opposed to other kinds of counselling?
0: Great question. Um, I suppose with biblical counselling, we are seeking to bring Christ to bear on all of our issues. So uh, I guess what I'm passionate about and what we as a service try to do is we connect the, the riches of Christ with the realities of life. Um, And so what that looks like in practice is basically spending time talking to people about the particular things that are troubling them, hopefully listening well, thinking with them about what difference Jesus makes um, and the wisdom that he uh, gives to us in his word and in the world.
1: So this is the Keswick Convention podcast Keswick Ministries is all about hearing God's word, becoming like God's son and serving God's mission. So let's think a little bit about those as also a way of getting to know you. Uh, Firstly, hearing God's word, how uh, and where did that happen to you for the first time? Or do you not remember that time? How did that work for you?
0: Yeah, so I um, was brought up in a Christian family um, with parents who knew and loved the Lord Jesus and who modelled grace to me throughout my life. So uh, they taught me at home. Um, I went to uh, a Bible believing church. So I think there wasn't a point where I wasn't under the sound of the gospel. There was a particular point which I have a vague memory of uh, where my mum took me to a Billy Graham evangelistic event. And um, I distinctly remember at the end when he sort of did the call, if he wanted to sort of make that personal commitment to him. Uh, deciding that I wanted it to and so as a five-year-old running down the stands I think this was at Wembley um, and my mum kind of frantically trying to catch up to me in the midst of crowds and then going and being prayed for and given a, um, a bible to take oh, home with me. So.
1: Goodness yes if my five-year-old dashed off I probably would dash after them for a whole variety of reasons <laughs> um, although you would hope that's a fairly safe place for your five-year-old to dash off but uh, but who knows. So um, how have you uh, grown in God's word? How have you been shaped by God's word or corrected by God's spirit through his word?
0: Uh, I think really it's a daily experience of him challenging me and changing me and reminding me of who he is. Um, There, I think, were definitely points where, um, I suppose I I knew he was real and I knew him to be my saviour, but I didn't necessarily follow him as my Lord. And I think um, becoming an adult, um, moving away from home was the point at which I really decided I I needed to commit myself to him. And I think from then, really wanting to um, listen to him as much as possible. And you know, if I'm honest, there were many years where actually just reading my Bible was hard work, where I would be distracted, where it would come uh, lower down on my agenda. And I think uh, a Uh, a particularly kind of sweet period happened when we were studying the book of Hebrews at church. And there's that repeated refrain of today. If you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. Um, And that just became my prayer. Um, So whenever the spirit would prompt me to, to listen to him or to talk to him throughout the day, that would be my prayer. Lord, please help me not to harden my heart. And I think he was very gracious in answering that prayer. And so you know, since then that really has been my, my hope and my, um, aim and my experience each day of him speaking to me. And, and sometimes that will look like him comforting me when I'm finding things hard. Um, sometimes that will look like him challenging me when, uh, he sort of points out a particular sin in my life. Um, yeah, sometimes that all that all mean him reminding me to love others and empowering me to do so. So I think it's just a sort of different different experience in some ways each day. But mm. um, yeah. that's
1: a really powerful part of the Bible, isn't it? Where it's like today, and there is lots of parts of Scripture which do that, which which is which is to say, it might not have gone well in the past. Forget mm. about that. Start mm. again. Here we go. Mm. And it is very refreshingly realistic, isn't it? God's word in that way.
0: Mm. Yeah, and it's not like oh, I had a great time with him yesterday, and yesterday was Sunday, and I, you know, I was really challenged right. by the scent. But actually, today is Monday, and and it's today that 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 makes a difference. So. Yes,
1: it flattens out the highs and the lows, doesn't it? Yeah. in in a way that's uh, also suits a British temperament, perhaps as well. I don't I don't know. Um, <laughs> and so so Hebrews is there, at that moment in Hebrews. Are there any other sort of moments or refrains from scripture that just keep coming back in in your life?
0: Yeah, I think. Um, being a mum of four relatively young children, there have been times over the past uh, few years where I have felt just exhausted, and where time seems um, not in my control. So. I'm not a morning person anyway, but the thought of trying to get up earlier than whatever child it is that wakes me up first thing feels impossible. And then every moment of the day, you don't get that kind of time where you can say, OK, I'm just going to sit down, have my coffee and read my Bible. You know, there's always someone who the moment you sit down wants your attention or needs something. So I think um, (laughs) something that's really helped me during this particular season has been Jesus' words. Um, in Matthew four four, where he says, "We don't we don't live by bread alone, but but by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord," and it wouldn't occur to me to go a day without eating, and um, and that's um, and that's been a great encouragement to me. So no matter what's happened in the day, whether I've been able to have a good time of sitting down and talking and listening to the Lord, or whether it's literally I'm kind of crawling into bed exhausted, actually I I, I don't want a day to go past when I don't hear from him. Mm. um because i can't live without
1: it yeah and yet yeah, you yeah you, you don't really go for a day without eating any food at all exactly um, you're never so busy that you can't eat literally a thing yeah um but yeah just thinking as you as a as a mum of four i can imagine i can imagine you there and actually that's a point where we need a little bit of zone defense i think the americans call it and that's where dad it would be great if there's a dad around just to say this is my moment just to uh particularly shield take them yeah. on. hey kids hey kids yeah. look over there let's go over there <laughs> um it is a team game isn't it and we do need each other uh to uh, to help us through
0: yes and also the joys that the lord gives us of things like tv sometimes that's yeah. been really helpful to and, yeah. and not to feel guilty about those things actually to say no do you know what me having a bit of time yeah. my bible and a cup of tea is really important and yeah. even though i have all these ideals about how I will raise my children actually almost resorting to kind of any measure to kind of say no this is this is actually really important for me and therefore for my children um and yeah whether it be dad please can you come and help whether it be Mm. you know pepper pig Mm. on the tv whether it be just
1: okay let's not go that far Can't I can't go <laughs> with you on Peppa Pig. Look, you know, other, other programs are available.
0: Um, but, Sorry, but, National uh, National Geographic Blue Planet.
1: Oh well there you um, go. Although my my kids are strangely uninterested in nature in a way that I find very hard to understand. Oh. You know, the the most expensive natural history program ever made is being projected onto a large screen and they're like, oh, okay. <laughs> oh
0: well. Hello, Kate here from Keswick Ministries. If you're enjoying this podcast, why not check out Keswick's other podcast? Kez Talks, they're a selection of talks from God's Word given at the Keswick Convention that we hope and pray will be particularly helpful to people in the times we face now. Kez Talks, available on iTunes, Spotify and your podcasting apps.
1: Those are the realities of living day to day with God's Word, which I I really Mm. appreciate you sharing. The aim of this is all not just to know God's Word, but also to become like God's son. So... Uh the Lord Jesus is the most extraordinary um extraordinary man who ever lived, uh who is God. And we we the more I've just been reading through John's gospel and just uh, afresh and just thinking, Who who is this man? <laughs> Every time you think you have a handle, uh he surprises you and you notice something you hadn't noticed before. What is it for you though that you find most exhilarating? about following jesus and and maybe trying to become like him
0: do you know what i think that's exactly it the fact that he is just so extraordinary so um i I suppose holy is the word that comes to mind but holy in the sense of him being other than different from separate to and yeah and as i see it in the gospels and indeed throughout scripture and just in day-to-day life there are countless moments where I lose my patience with my kids or even if I don't go so far as shouting at them, which is a big win for me, you know, (laughs) still in my heart feeling really frustrated that they're not doing what I want or that they, um, you know, that they have brought some sort of struggle on themselves by disobeying Mm. or whatever it might be, just thinking, my goodness, this is, this is what I'm so prone to. This is what I'm like. And Jesus is so different to me. He's Mm. so patient. He never runs out of compassion um, or, you know, when I fail to speak truth, um, to people in love, just remembering what he's like in front of the Pharisees and all mm. these powerful people and, and also people who praised him and, you know, were wanting him to, to, to be, um, be great in their eyes. Actually, he didn't give in to that, um, kind of idol of people pleasing. He was, he, he pleased his father and, he was the epitome of of truth and love um so i think it's just in so way so many ways he is so different from me um yeah that i see just yeah. constantly i think
1: yeah that is exhilarating isn't it that's it's it's it is we marvel at it and we just he speaks when we don't speak and he you know he yeah. it's it's He chooses, and he reacts so differently from us. It's so, but that I guess that's also the most challenging thing, isn't it? It's exhilarating to see, but also challenging. Um, Are there any other challenges that you particularly uh, note as you as you read about Jesus?
0: Yes, um, I think for me, probably the greatest challenge is the fact that when he calls us to follow him, he calls us to take up our cross as we follow him. And I'm a creature of comfort, you know. I I love an easy life. I don't really want things to be hard. I don't really want to know Jesus in his suffering. And I think that's a real challenge to me, that actually the Christian life isn't, you know, I'm not a Christian ultimately for my life to become more comfortable or even because it makes sense intellectually or because it's the best way to live. But actually following Jesus means taking up my cross and that will sometimes be hard and painful and difficult, but will ultimately be glorious.
1: Mm. Are there any things that you're particularly looking forward to saying to Jesus when you meet him or asking him? Are are there any conundrums that have been bothering you?
0: No No is
1: an acceptable answer.
0: No, there are many things which I don't get. But I just when I imagine seeing Jesus face to face, I can't imagine saying anything. I think I will be totally just silent before him. And there are secret things that belong to him. That aren't revealed to us and and it may be that when we see him in the new creation there are things that we understand in a way that we don't understand now but I also think we're we will still be creatures worshiping our creator and I think in it, part of his glory is that he will still understand things and know things in a way that we can never um so I'm kind of just I don't think I'm looking forward to asking him any questions but but just Getting to know him more, you know, Lord, show me around this new yeah. world of yours. You know, teach me and yeah. yeah. Um, so.
1: Also, being being British um, and despite the fact that you will have His righteousness, your first words might well be "sorry." Uh, <laughs> whatever <laughs> yeah, yeah. it was, I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, but uh, maybe I'm just projecting my own uh, my own neuroses there. Let's talk about you and uh, how you are serving God's mission. Uh, you mentioned being a, a mother of, of four. I mean you said you wanted an easy life and you have four children i think you've already slightly uh, stopped your own life plan there mm. but um but jesus seems to be using you in his uh, mission for for helping people through through counseling was that always the plan for you what 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 were you thinking that you would be doing
0: uh no i originally thought i would be a dancer oh <laughs> so so no this wasn't necessarily a grand plan of mine but i think um uh, but it was it was always a need that i recognized was present within the church um, my my parents uh growing up ran a, an open house with us over the years and um i think uh, people who who were facing difficulties or a need and i was very aware of the need within god's family um, uh, for help in 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 many ways and um psychological ways if I can put it that way I mean we can have a debate as to whether psychology is actually a legitimate category but let's put that aside The they're kind of um, yeah. emotional struggles I suppose yeah. um yeah. and so I studied psychology at university but I then thought actually um you know I would love to get to know God better and I the, the Cornhill training course actually the my time crossed over uh when Christopher Ash was director there, who I know is speaking at Keswick this year. But then through that, I thought actually I do want to do something a bit more specific to um mental health or um counseling in some way. So then went on to to further training and mm. and amazingly the Lord has brought me to where I am today, which wasn't part of my grand plan, but um even though I'm still only halfway through my life, God willing, mm. um, I I can see how he's used so many different things. Um, unexpected things things that seemed total tangents to the rest of life but to to use and weave together to equip me and give me the opportunities that i have today for ministry so.
1: mm, yeah and so what have been some of the surprises and challenges for you along the way of of moving into that into that role
0: i think probably the biggest challenge is working out the interface between uh, secular Wisdom and God's word. Okay. So, um, you know, I'm under no illusions that the Bible was not written to to sort of give us the answer to anxiety or depression, or uh, you know, it's it's not <laughs> it's not a book that that primarily starts with us.
1: Hmm.
0: Um, it, it's primarily about God, um, but at the same time, I am convinced that in scripture, he gives us wisdom for everything that we face in this life. Um, So I suppose trying to to work out what that looks like in the kind of practicalities of working with people in relation to anxiety or depression or OCD or suicide or bereavement or all these sorts of things is something that is a joy, but also a real challenge.
1: Mm.
0: And then when you add in the kind of secular psychology piece, where there are people who have studied things about about people um and particular issues um and struggles and 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 what we can kind of take and learn from that and actually what is very different um Mm. so
1: that would be more of the that would be more of the medical realities of how the human brain works and is, is that the kind of thing you're referring to? So it's sort of marrying up all of these things, isn't it? It's it's sort of common sense and wisdom, but it's also the Bible, but it's also the brain seems to be lacking this particular chemical. this particular drug might help with that, yeah, and I guess there are some both christians and non Christians who are uneasy with the medication of of your brain i I guess is that, that sounds like stuff that you're wrestling with all the time yeah right?
0: exactly, exactly. I don't think that's the whole thing, but that that is a mm. great example of of one of the issues that 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 I wrestle with, yeah,
1: and so I guess also from the outside there are people who would say well you're feeling this because of sin or particular sins or um, and again I'm sort of trying to not take any I don't really have a particularly strong position on on this but you know I I guess you're getting it from both sides a bit do you feel?
0: Yeah uh, yeah definitely and there has been that sense previously of not really knowing where to fit and where to kind of position myself or or how to view things and um, I think the more that I explore this, and the more that I think it through and and the more experience that I get, um, the more I realize how complex we are mm. and how god has has woven us together with a will and rationality as well as emotions as well as the physical body, as well as a particular context in which we live in, you know, as well as a background, a history, like, it's just there's so many elements that that mm. come together um in shaping our response um and at the same time we are we are responsible uh we are sinful if we're christian we're also redeemed and have god's spirit in us so yeah so kind of working out all the, how all those different bits fit together um is difficult and i'm I'm not sure i'm i'm going to get to the bottom with it and I, wow. I and i don't even necessarily intend to but um you know but i do i, I do want to think carefully about these things mm. so that I can be as, as as good a help to people as I can be.
1: Do you find that people, <clears throat> because of the possible stigmas attached to some of these things, that people are reluctant to come forward for counselling? Is that, I mean, there may be people listening to to this who are thinking... I've often thought I should get counselling, but it. I'm pro. I'm probably fine. Um, <laughs> that that would be. That's the sort of thing that I would probably say. Uh, this is not code, by the way. I'm not asking for a friend in adverse <laughs> comments, but I'm just trying to imagine that there are there are some who might be reluctant to to come forward because they're worried they're going to get either jumped on, or given a whole load of secularism or or, or
0: whatever.
1: Mm. What what would you say to people in that kind of position? Mm.
0: Well, do you know what? I'm a big advocate for. Counseling for, for, for biblical counselling in particular. I think for me personally, my experience of it has been hugely beneficial in helping me think through particular issues in my life and, and helping me kind of work out what it looks like to serve God um, in identifying sin um, and um, in helping me to change. Um. So... I don't know, I, I, obviously it's a, it's a personal decision, but I would always encourage people if they're thinking about it to start exploring the options. And I think who you see is, is important and I would start with your pastor, um, whoever leads your church and, and ask them about it. Um, I think pastors are often um, able to offer counselling um, and if not, then they would be a good place to start yeah. to, uh, to think about who would be the person yeah. to refer to.
1: If there's anyone listening to us who's interested in in the issues of uh, surrounding this whole area rather than someone seeking or thinking they might require some counselling, if there's anyone who's interested in this, are there any books that you recommend that they go out and read?
0: There's an organisation called BC UK, Biblical Counselling UK, which is an organisation based in in the UK, obviously, um, that is seeking to serve the church in in this area and they have a website and they have some good resources there there's also an organization called ccef christian counseling and educational foundation that's based in the states and they have um lots of resources and some uh yeah great blogs great podcasts articles um, and books that are available so yeah i would probably go to one of those and and see what takes your fancy
1: Thank you. I shall put links to those in the show notes. So you you need only scroll down and go into your show notes and click those links and and find out more. Brilliant. Well, let's just wrap up by looking ahead to Virtually Keswick, which is taking place in the last week of July. And um, you are taking part in this. Do you want to say a little bit about what what you'll be doing?
0: Yep. So I will be speaking on grief and hope. Um, So we'll be thinking about what what it looks like to grieve as a Christian and what it looks like to grieve with hope. And I think particularly um, with the the current pandemic, there are unique aspects to to grief that we encounter. So I'm hoping um, that the seminar will be helpful to us as as we face grief personally, and as we help to support those who are facing it themselves.
1: Yeah, I was speaking to uh, Rico Villanueva Uh, In the last Mm. podcast, and we were just thinking about how this is something that we need to be ready for. If we, it feels like we often reach for it rather too late in the day, uh, rather than preparing for grief, which is inevitable given Mm. the world in which we live. I guess. Mm. Mm. Um, So one thing is—is it your experience that people tend to be blindsided by it before before absolutely everything else, by the reality of grief ahead of the actual thing that's happened? Is that fair?
0: So in our society, I think we tend to ignore death. We try to push it to the margins, pretend it doesn't exist. And so I think sometimes it comes as quite as a surprise when we encounter it personally. Um, but it is the ultimate statistic. We, mm. we all will face it. And, and, and this is one of, you know, death is a great enemy. And um, it is what the gospel addresses, you know, death spiritually and physically um, and, and, so, sort of, almost more than any other help we can possibly think of. Actually, that Jesus has something very, very important to say to us um, in the midst of grief, when facing grief. Um, and I, I, I don't think it's something you can prepare for in the sense that we can't kind of immune us, uh, sort of protect ourselves from yes, like that, a, that. an
1: inoculation <laughs> or a vaccination <laughs> against grief. Yeah, exactly. So take it stoically.
0: Yes, mm. you know that that's not going to be the case. But I think we we can be prepared to, um, to know how we can walk through grief mm. with the Lord Jesus and how we can, um, you know, cling on to hope mm. in the midst of it.
1: Our listeners will no doubt look forward to hearing more from you at Virtually Keswick at the end of July. But until then, um, Joanna, thank you very much indeed.
0: Pleasure, good to talk.
1: Thanks very much for listening and we'll speak to you next time, bye-bye.